Hello, welcome to another episode of LFC Reactions. This one, West Ham versus Liverpool in the Premier League. Um, yes, I've just come back in from the live game, West Ham versus Liverpool. Uh, it was very, very interesting game. It was uh, the game where we had to finally play our game in hand. And um, obviously we were having a phenomenal start to the Premier League. And all this talk about Liverpool are 16 points clear with a game in hand. Liverpool with a game in hand, with a game in hand. Finally, that game in hand was going to be no void. And it was time for Liverpool to assert themselves, putting increasing the lead over Man City, etc, etc. Um yeah, lots of good things I saw in the live game. Watching us play live is so different to on TV. On TV, you clock the usual things, but in a live game, you pick up new things that you didn't notice about each player. I'll go into that. Um, so, yeah, in goal, the lineup now in goal Allison, left back Robertson, centre back Van Dyke Gomez, right back Trent Alexander Arnold. In midfield three, Hendo, Genie, Oxley, Chamberlain up front. Um, Salah, Firmino, and Divo Karigi, yes. So it was Divo Karigi who got the nod over Sadio Mane. If you haven't heard, Jurgen Klopp announced yesterday he has a small muscle tear. So he was out of today's game. He's going to be out for Saturday. Um... And obviously, we after that, we have a winter break. I know we got the FA Cup replay. Um, I'll talk about that as well after after I review everything else. Um, yeah, in my head, I thought Minamino may have would have gotten the nod. But he went with Divo Carigi, who's playing out wide. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of him playing out of position. But it meant Salah was going... No, Salah was on the other wing, Firmino Central. But, yeah, uh, everything else, back five the same, no problem there. Midfield three, no problem there. We know Fabinho um, slowly coming back to match fitness. Cater's returned on the bench as well, that was good to see. Um, yeah, so it just shows our midfield options are very good. So yeah, the game starts now and I'd say we were in control for the first half. Um, it was just about finding a rhythm. And again, as I mentioned earlier, Diva Karigi plays out of position. So when we are trying to link up play, it's very... Um, the fluidity isn't quite as snappy compared to Sadio Mane where you know he's a bit more explosive with his agility off his feet, that sort of thing. Um, we're playing the usual long ball from a centre-back. Van Dijk or Gomez would do it, or Henderson, when he drops in to play that extra, that the the, the fake CB role in order to let the midfield of um, Oxlade and Gini Ronaldo and flourish to create that space for West Ham players to get sucked in, ball over the top to Salah. Salah, um, the first 15 minutes, I'd say, he was doing that usual dribbling thing again where he, he makes it too obvious where he was going to go. And I was worried Salah might have one of these games again. 
um, where he just makes it too of with his dribbling. I think that that's that's I still I still think that's his biggest weakness because compared to his debut season where he could dribble past one two players much more snappy, um, it wasn't quite the same for this one. But then West Ham had when they had the ball, they tried to have a goal. Um, I remember a few half chances they had. I I don't know one of the it was mainly their fullbacks that were bombing on rather than the midfield bombing on Lan or Lanzini Lanzini was a bit out of place so we just had to try and contain their fullbacks and to a degree they managed to create some space to float in a, a half ball where Allison would catch it or I'm trying to remember the first real. Oh, there was another half chance where a ball came in. Um, it wasn't a sh- no no strong connection from West Ham from that. I can't even remember Halle, whatever his name is, doesn't doesn't threaten Allison at all. And it was just about it was one of those games where it just we just had to be patient because eventually the opening will come, and it nearly came. I remember one intricate bit of play between. Bobby Firmino and Robertson, excellent one-two in the box. It looked like Robertson just had to dink it over Fabianski, but from my angle, because it was on the other side of the pitch, that's it looked like Robertson tried to dink it over Fabianski and score, but I think he tried to dink it across goal for Salah, but he over he overhits the ball a bit, um, and then Salah has to try and recover this ball, and then. Um, the ball falls to Genie, he shoots, keeper saves it. And then about five minutes after that, Liverpool have a corner. The ball is whipped in. Uh West Ham half clear it. And then a ball then it's crossed back in again. Then it falls to Divo Carigi's path. Then I I, I think I can't tell because it was on the other side of the pitch. It looked like he tried to turn and shoot, but somebody impeded him. I'm not sure who. He falls to ground. John Moss blows for penalty. So, and then that was... And they took a bit of time to check under VAR. Um, yeah, it was about three minutes of waiting. I don't know. They, they never show a replay. This is the problem. As of now, I understand watching from inside the stadium how VAR works. And it's very irritating when they say checking penalty foul, show the replay so your fans are kept in the loop. Whereas it feels so secretive and exclusive. If you're not, if you're not watching from home, that's the only way you see the replay. Otherwise, the only people that are watching it are the people at Stockley Park, you know, because they're the ones that have to review it. But as fans, you're kept out the loop. That's the bit of VAR I don't like. If if you want to if you want to improve the quality VAR shoulder replays, it's only right give a fan perspective. Whereas instead of just being like some outsiders that don't know anything, eventually they give the penalty anyway. So it turns out John Moss made the correct decision. Salah steps up to the penalty, does his usual shimmy sidestep thing, runs up to the ball, bottom right corner, keeper goes the wrong way, one 0 Liverpool. And then West Ham heads dropped, but it wasn't like a oh my god drop. I mean, they still had. I think they had one chance. I can't remember who. It might have been Declan Rice. He he has a shot. 
Allison has to parry it wide for corner. Then bar after after that we absorbed pressure. Uh, we absorbed any West all the West Ham pressure in the first half, and that was the first half performance one now Liverpool. Um, so yeah, it was just just about. I think we were in second gear, but it was just about control and fluent in transitions. As long as we're consistent at that, which we always are. Um, then it's, then West Ham won't hurt us, obviously. Second half starts now and West Ham decides to have a bit more of a goal. They test us a little bit. Um, I think, again, Alisson had to make another crucial save from Schnockgrass, I believe. So then West Ham have a corner. And then um, we clear it. Virgil, I think Virgil van Dijk clears the header. The ball fought. One of their West Ham players tried to get connection to it but it misses misses it completely I don't know who it was it might have been Lanzini Henderson notices there's an opportunity for a counter attack he passes over the top to Salah um, Oxlade Chamberlain's running with him Salah what an a, amazing through ball to Oxlade Chamberlain he picks it up he's one on one with the keeper slots it bottom right corner 2-0 Liverpool and from there West Ham fans the atmosphere completely dropped. Uh it was great to see Oxley Chamberlain score at the London Stadium again. I'm sure that brought back uh, some nostalgia for him. Yeah, he must love playing here because he put every time he's playing at um the ground, every time he plays here, um he seems to do well. Obviously, he missed out on last season because of the whole recovering from knee injury thing. But the year before that, I believe he scored a goal. I believe he scored for Liverpool. So, it's a happy hunting ground. Um, yeah, after that, it just West Ham had still dropped. But it was just about us trying to keep compensation, compensation, concentration. And we had one lapse of moment. Trent gives the ball away to Schnockgrass. And Schnockgrass had to shoot early. Curls it, bottom left corner. No, curls it to bottom left corner. Allison just saves it last minute. It was a bit sloppy from Trent. Um, and it gives some West Ham fans some sort of belief. But we do well to absorb the pressure and get rid of it. Um, and then we do a first substitution. Fabinho comes on. I think Origi came off. So push Chamberlain out wide and gave a more opportunity for Fabinho to play in the holding midfield again to get some more match minutes on his belt as he's been out for a month. Um, but it, it, he started a bit jittery. He was doing the same mistakes from the Shrewsbury game where he was giving the ball away and that was starting an attack for West Ham. I believe he'd done it on two occasions. But once he settled, he got a passing rhythm going was comfortable in the half spaces and that wasn't an issue from there. Um, second substitution, I think, was it? Nibig, yeah, Cater comes on. Uh, Chamberlain comes off, I think. I think it was Chamberlain. Yeah, I've, yeah, it must have been Chamberlain. No, I'm wrong, sorry. Trent comes off. Cater comes on. And... Uh, and Henderson moves to right back. So, yeah, it wasn't the best of games for Trent. Robbo played okay. 
But it, it, the quality of West Ham so bad that it was never like, a, oh my god. As long as Virgil and Gomez concentrate, everything else flop. Everyone, everything is in sync. So yeah, Naby came on, and to be fair, he had a really good game. It was ticking, lots of passes. Um, even had a shot off on me on a counter attack. Fortunately, he was on his left foot, so no power. Then finally, Curtis Jones comes on. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, then Chamberlain comes off. He gets a stand innovation, and Curtis Jones played really well. He was fighting. Fighting for every loose ball, he had that raw energy, like he wanted to prove something. And that's his, um, you know, the game is done when Curtis Jones is coming on. I thought I'd see Minamino, but maybe he's just not ready. I don't know. Oh, maybe Jurgen Klopp was so impressed with Curtis Jones that he's he's now ahead of Minamino in terms of the pecking order. But yeah, West Ham couldn't lay a glove on us after that, and their fans evaporated after like the 80th minute and. It was a comfortable, controlling performance for Liverpool, 2-0. Um, it's amazing how like the, the quality between West Ham and Liverpool, when you watch it live, it's like West Ham hope to create something. They just don't have enough pace. There's, there's no pace for West Ham. Like No runners between, between our defence. Because it, I, I remember there was a moment where De- Declan Rice was trying to compete with Van Dijk for the ball. Running like, what is David Moyes doing anyway? It's it's hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> in terms of man of the match, I'd I'd either give it to Mo Salah or Allison because Allison made some key saves. It was still a comfortable, controlling two 0 performance. But if Allison doesn't make them saves, it 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 would have been a a bit of a sucker punch for Liverpool because it just. West Ham didn't deserve to get anything, to be honest. And Salah was the one who got a penalty. He scored the penalty and got the assist for the Chamberlain goal. So and he had, and he still had some chances. He had a header that went ride. Um, Firmino was doing some dazzling skills. Firmino was really good actually. Um, just doing the usual false nine stuff, like winning the ball backs in areas that you don't expect a, a, a number nine to win the ball. Um, their heads, their West Ham heads dropped and it was just, we sucked the belief out of them. And it's so amazing, in transition, how we can just step up a tempo and make it look so, like, lethargic, like we're conserving energy, but it's still at a fluid pace. And that's how we've been killing Premier League teams. We have now beaten every single Premier League team this season. We are in January we have 70 points in January. That is absurd. 70 points in January. We have February, March, April, May of the season to go. <laughs> it is absolutely astronomical figures. And yes, Liverpool fans were singing we're going to win the league. Because we are going to win the league. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> And and the consistency is just amazing to watch. Um, and now for being on Cater's back, it means midfield places will be stacked. And now they will step on next for that final position. Oxlade-Chamberlain made sure he got the goal today. If he didn't score, 
Maybe Keita or Fabinho would be starting against Southampton on Saturday. But because he's bagged that goal, I believe he will keep his place for Saturday. Um, in terms of the front three, Origi, had, other than winning the penalty, he didn't really do much to influence the game. Um, Firmino did the usual false nine things. Um, kept everything ticking. Mo Salah got a goal and an assist. He was a, he played really well. Um, Henderson was in cruise control. Genie and Alden doing the dirty work, tidying up work all stuff. Um, Chamberlain obviously got the goal. Gomez and Van Dijk, two, two excellent walls. Excellent, excellent walls. Just gave Haaland no chances at all. We, we still gave away half chances, but it wasn't at the fault of Gomez and Van Dijk. It was just lapse of concentration from Trent. It wasn't his best game, but he's only 21 again. So this will come with experience. Um, and even Robbo gave the ball away at one point. But I think he just did that of boredom just to create some adrenaline rush for Liverpool. But other than that, and Alisson was amazing. He deserved to get a clean sheet. And he's in the running for Golden Glove. So fair play to him. Um, yeah, we are just on astronomical figures. Astronomical figures. How good are Liverpool right now? It is absolutely ridiculous. We are on... A stupendous high level. And boy, the, the, the next run of games in the Premier League, it, it, it will make sense that we wrap the title up maybe 21st of March against Crystal Palace, presuming Man City drop more points. Um, yeah, and no injuries. That's the most important thing. It's good to watch the boys live. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say other than we are going to win the league. Oh yeah, so now let me talk about um, the FA Cup replay saga because there was a bit of controversy. 2-2 draw, Jurgen Klopp in a press conference has said he's going to play the kids um, against Shrewsbury because the Premier League told Liverpool in April, sent a letter to respect the winter break and he said he's going to... He agrees there's a consensus that he should respect the winter break. They scheduled the Premier, the FA Cup replay for Tuesday, 4th of February, which is during the winter break schedule. So he says he will play the under-23s for that game. Neil Critchley will be there, will be the manager for that game. Um, and it sparked a bit of controversy over... Is why Jurgen Klopp isn't taking the FA Cup seriously for media pundits, not Liverpool fans. Um, but I'm sure there's a minority of Liverpool fans that think Jurgen Klopp should be there too. Now, I believe that you cannot tell a manager what players he wants to use for an FA Cup game. It's his squad. You don't tell a manager how to manage. If he wants to use them players, if he wants to use the under-23s, by all means, use the under-23s. The prem- Our boys deser- do deserve a break. That's what the point of a winter break is. Just to relax. We've had a hectic December, a hectic January. And it's the perfect time to unwind. Just take your mind off Premier League duties for two weeks or ten days. I'm sure they'll be back in training for the week of the Norwich away game. Take your mind off that game. 
be with your family and Jurgen Klopp needs a break as well. We think managers don't feel mentally exhausted. They get mentally exhausted. They feel constant pressure of demands of success and trophies constantly. This is why Jurgen Klopp isn't going to be there too. And I am fully supportive of this movement. Also, I believe the primary target is the Premier League. Yes, we should try and aim to win the treble, sure. But we really won the Club World Cup. If we win the Champions League and the Premier League, that's three trophies. People forget we won the Club World Cup as if it doesn't count as a major trophy. It does. Um, and who's to say that the kids won't beat Shrewsbury in the FA Cup replay? Stranger things have happened. It's not. It's exactly like the Checker Trade trophy where you got Premier League academy teams playing League One senior men's teams. It's just it's it's a similar situation, and we have home advantage as well. The only difference is the hope for the fans that's going to be there that they reduce ticket prices, knowing that under twenty threes will be playing for that. I'm sure tickets will be subsidized. But yeah, I'm fully uh, fully support that movement. Right now, I'm done. All right, thank you guys for listening to LFC reactions. Tune in next time on Saturday where you catch my thoughts and feelings on Liverpool Southampton. Bless.